Well, hey there, everyone. I'm Daniel Hahn, and I'm the online campus pastor here at Oxford Assembly of God Church, and this is our podcast. And I just want to thank you for listening today. We hope the message you're about to hear inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you see that God has a purpose for your life. And now, let's get into the message. Well, praise the Lord. This is the last Sunday of 2021. How many are like me, of all the years you've ever lived, this is one of them? Yeah, that's the way it is. This has been one of those years, but it's exciting to see what God is doing. Today, as we prepare to close out one year and enter into another year, uh, we will be looking at the prophet Jeremiah. I've enjoyed these uh, prophets that we've been looking at, and uh, uh, I think all of us here probably realize that Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. The weeping prophet because almost from the very introduction to the book all the way through, there were so many uh, reminders of all the negative things going on. And uh, it was a constant reminder of the fact that in spite of everything going on, God made a promise. See, the name Jeremiah means Jehovah will lift up, or God will lift up. God will arise. Isn't that a great truth? Isn't that a great truth to know that regardless of what the circumstances are going on, regardless of how bad things are, God will arise. God is still Jehovah. Now, I want us to begin reading in Second Chronicles, and I know somebody said, well, I thought we were talking about uh, uh, Jeremiah. We are. But we have to remind ourselves that First and Second Chronicles and First and Second Kings covers the whole gamut of the time uh, of the prophets. And they're all included. And, and so in, I, in Second Chronicles chapter uh, 34, we set, have the setting of when Jeremiah began to uh, minister. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. Did you get that? How old was he? Eight years old. I would say something about young and old rulers, but we won't go there. He reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the ways of David, his father. And he did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, so if he started at eight, in his eighth year, how old would he be? 16. I mean, he was a, a mature 16-year-old as he began to really begin to expand. Now, he became king at eight, but he really began to expand his kingdom. It says, for in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet a boy, he began to seek the God of David, his father. And in the 12th year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places the ashram and the carved and the metal images and they chopped down all the altars of Baal and the presence and he cut down the incense altars that stood above them and he broke in pieces the ashram and the carved and the metal images and he made dust of them and scattered it over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. So we find that this young king, he had a young prophet that would minister during his time So go with me now to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter one, Jeremiah chapter one, begin reading at verse four. 
Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, now this was Jeremiah writing it. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. How many thinks that's an awesome statement? How many knows it wasn't just true for Jeremiah, it's true for each one of us? He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, ah, Lord God. Now that word ah literally means no way, Jose. It's not gonna happen. I am not gonna be a prophet. Behold, I do not know how to speak for I am only a youth. Now no one has any idea how old uh, Jeremiah was. The general consensus is that he was probably a teenager. He was just a young man. So he had a young king and he had a young prophet that didn't want to be a prophet. I said, he didn't want to be a prophet. He said, I'm not ready. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only youth for to whom all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Now, there's a lot of negativity that takes place in this time of Jeremiah. He was living in one of the worst uh, generations of the Jewish nation. He was trying to revive it. He was trying to bring forth a spiritual revival. God given, given him the message, but he said, listen, don't you be afraid of them. Now, how many thinks he, in the natural, could have been afraid of them? Because they tried to kill him. They wanted to put him to death. They did all kinds of things to Jeremiah, but God's word kept saying, listen, don't sweat it. I'm going to be with you. You're going to survive. That's some great words of encouragement. I believe that God would like to speak to some of you today and tell you, don't sweat it. I know some of you say, well, that's not very uh, spiritual language. How many understand what I'm talking about? He's telling you to chill, to relax, take it easy, because I'm going to take, uh, take care of you. He said, well, Pastor, what about all these people that die? Well, if we die in the faith, guess what? We're going to be with Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a great accomplishment. And he said, so don't be afraid. And throughout the book of Jeremiah, we see parallel lines of thought. One line of thought is rebuke and judgment. Rebuke and judgment. How many of you love to be rebuked? How many knows that sometimes we need to be rebuked? Amen. How many thinks that our nation, our churches, our pastors, some need to be rebuked? Amen. Because they're not doing what God asked them to do. And this was the same thing going on with Jeremiah. Now, as we look through Jeremiah, I want you to compare it with today's society. I want you to think about it in your setting. And I'm not professing to be Jeremiah, but I can tell you that God is still God. And God, Jehovah, will still arise if we will allow him to. But so throughout Jeremiah, throughout this 50 years of ministry, you heard me right, 50 years he served as a prophet. And he had high spots, he had low spots, he was abused, he was misused, he was mistreated, he was treated royally depending on what was going on. But the fact remains that he held on to the truth of his name 
Jehovah will arise. Jehovah will arise. The other line, you have this negativity, but the other line that goes throughout all of Jeremiah is words of encouragement. How many knows that in the midst of the darkness, God can still speak? In the midst of despair, God can give encouragement. God will lift up. So if you get nothing else from this message today, I want you to get this. Regardless of how bad it gets, Jehovah will lift up. God will lift up. He was given two visions right at the very beginning. Two visions, one about an almond branch, which was meant to, that, that, to remind Jeremiah. He said, I'm watching you. I see you. That's great encouragement. There's some people that are taking a negative that God's watching us. I'm glad that I've got a God watching over me. I'm glad, Lee, that when that rock comes down, God saw it coming before you did. God watches out over us. And it was a great promise. He said he's watching out over. And then the other uh, thing was a boiling pot. What did that boiling pot? It denoted getting ready for an enemy to come in to destroy and take the nation of Israel. And Babylon was to do that. During Jeremiah's lifetime, he was in Josiah's day when he was trying to bring about revival, but Jeremiah saw the way the nation was going. He saw and was given the message that God was given. He said that before I pass, before this generation passes away, Jerusalem is going to fall. That was his message. That was his message. Let's read it. Chapter 1, verse 9. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? He said, I see an almond branch. Then he said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. I am watching over my word to perform it. Then the word of God, the Lord came to me a second time saying, what do you see? And he said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, out of the north, disaster shall be let loose upon all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I am calling all the tribes of the kingdoms of the north, declares the Lord, and they shall come and everyone shall set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem against all the walls and against all the cities of Judah. And I will declare my judgments against them for all their evil and forsaking me for all their evil forsake me. They have made offerings to other gods and worship the works of their own hands. They become so self-centered. Now, who was he talking to? He was talking to the nation of Israel. He was talking to Judah. He was talking to these, and he said they've all become so self-centered, they have neglected the things of God. Can any of you see any parallel with our nation? that we've neglected God. But he goes on to say, but you dress yourself for work. I think that's a message for the church today. Dress yourself for work. Well, wait a minute. 
Pastor, don't you know that God wants to bless us abundantly and all we have to do is just uh, go through the motions and he's going to pour out his blessings upon us? How many of you would stay at your workplace if that's the way you showed up? Prepare to work. Prepare to work. And say to them everything that I command you. Do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. Now, I could get into a lot there, but it's talking about the fact that in the congregation he's going to be preaching to, he said, don't you let them discourage you. Don't you let them bring you down because I've got a message. And behold, I make you this day a fortified city. He's talking to, to uh, not about the city of Jerusalem. He's talking about uh, to uh, Jeremiah, an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, declares the Lord to deliver you. How many knows the scripture over the New Testament says, if God be for us, what is it? Who can be against us? And this was what he was telling us. He said, Jeremiah, you need to keep in there. And Jeremiah's ministry, as I've already mentioned, was to last over 50 years. And during those times were some of the most difficult years Israel ever faced, including the fall of Jerusalem. Well, what brought it on? Now, I don't have time to read the entire book of Revel, uh, Jeremiah to you today. But it tells the whole details of what went on. I encourage you to read it all, but I'm just going to pull out a few verses. And while we're reading, see if you can see a parallel between roughly 630 B.C. and the years following and 2021. Chapter 2, verse 4. Hear the word of the Lord. O house of Jacob, and all the clans of the house of Israel, thus says the Lord. What wrong did your fathers find in me that they went far from me and went after worthlessness and became worthless? He asked the nation of Israel, what did I do wrong? This was God speaking to the nation. He said, what did I do wrong to cause you Quit following me. Now, I don't know. I, I kind of think God could ask us the same thing to the United States of America. What did God do to cause us to quit trusting him? Did he ever fail us? Did he ever turn his back on us? Did he ever leave us? The answer, of course, is no. Drop down to verse 13. Verse 13, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, I don't know if they do this up in, in Kentucky, but I've had a lot of people ask me, where's God? Where's God? All this stuff going on, where's God? I can tell you where God is. God's where he's always been. The question is, where are you? Amen. Where am I? Amen. Where's the church? And he said, you've hold out, hewed out cisterns. Now, I know in Kentucky they have a lot of cisterns. 
Now, for those of you who don't know, that's something that holds water. Here in Florida, we get rain enough. We normally don't have to have cisterns. There are a few, but nothing like they are in a lot of places. But he says, you've made those cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Drop down to verse 17. Have you not brought this upon yourself? By forsaking the Lord your God when he led you in the way. Now think about that. Let me read it again and you put your own spin on it. Have you not brought this upon yourself by forsaking the Lord your God when he led you in the way? Drop down to chapter 3, verse 1. If a man divorces his wife, now he's talking about using this analogy of marriage. If a man divorces his wife and she goes from him and becomes another man's wife, will he return to her? Would not that land be greatly polluted? You have played the whore with many lovers and you will return to me, declares the Lord. God said, you've left me shacking up with somebody else and yet still wanting my blessings. I know some of you saying, well, pastor, I really didn't need this today. <laughs> We're going into a new year after a terrible year. That was a strong indictment. But most of the people did not believe the prophecies. Why? Because they had become not only idolatrous or worshiping idols, they had ceased believing God. Interesting article on the Daily Sun today, if you haven't read it yet, it's a whole article about how many churches we have in the area. Really not matter how many churches we have, it's how many Christians we have. How many people are serving God? They had ceased believing God. Let's read on. Now, I'm gonna get, it's going to get a little bit better. Not much, but a little bit. Chapter 3, verse 6. The Lord said to me in the days of King Josiah, remember that's that young kin, have you seen what she did, that faithless one, Israel, how she went up on every high hill and under every green tree and there played the whore? Drop down to verse 11. And the Lord said to me, faithless Israel has shown herself more righteous than treacherous Judah. Now, just in case you don't know, this was after the divided kingdom. They had Israel and Judah. One of them was faithless and the other was treacherous. I don't know which one's worse, Brother Brown. They just totally left God out of the equation. Now, how many thinks that that may be an element of our, of our problem in America today. Amen. We're leaving God out of the equation. We're letting do their own thing, or as the Bible says, everybody did what they was right in their own eyes. They did not do what God wanted them to do. Return, us continue reading. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, return, faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I will look, look on you in anger, for I am merciful, declares the Lord. How many glad God's merciful? Amen. Thank God for his mercy. I will not be angry forever. Only acknowledge your guilt 
that you rebelled against the Lord your God and scattered your favors among foreigners under every green tree and that you not, have not obeyed my voice, declares the Lord. Now, that's kind of a, a, a point-blank thing. So we've got to acknowledge our guilt. We've got to acknowledge our sinfulness. We've got to acknowledge the fact that many of us have rejected God or maybe forgotten about God. You're just as quiet as the 8 o'clock crowd. That's a, you say, wait, that's, that's terrible. That's terrible. But I'm glad that in the midst of it all, God gives great promises. I said, in the midst of it all, God gives great promise. Again, what did Jeremiah? Jehovah will exalt. Jehovah will lift up. Let's drop down to chapter 4, verse 1. If you return, O Israel, declares the Lord, to me you should return. If you remove your detestable things from my presence and do not waver, and if you swear as the Lord lives in truth, in justice, and in righteousness, then nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him shall there be glory. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground. Remember that, what he said earlier about go to work? How many knows that farming is work? He says, break up the fallow, fallow ground and sow not among the thorns. Circumcise yourself to the Lord. Remove the foreskin of your hearts. O men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my wrath go forth like, forth like fire and burn with none to quench it because of the evil of your days. I know some of you saying, Pastor, you says it's going to get better. When? How bad did it get during Jeremiah's day? I said, how bad did it get? 50 years. Oh, they had a few high spots. Josiah did a few things. But how bad did it get? Well, Lamentations was written by Jeremiah. See, Lamentations is lament. It's actually a funeral dirge. That's the book of Lamentations. Most people believe that Jeremiah wrote Lamentations, not guaranteed, but it seems that way. And Lamentations is read by the nation of Israel every year. At the anniversary of the destruction of the temple. So when the temple was destroyed in Jeremiah's day, Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations. And then in the Septuagint, it says this, and it came to pass after Israel was led into captivity that Jeremiah sat weeping and lamented lamenting and lamented this lamentation over Jerusalem. This was his cry. This was his heartfelt cry. Yet in the midst of the lamenting, Jeremiah gives some awesome, awesome, awesome words. Before I share them with you, let me just remind you that everything was going to pot. 
Their political system was destroyed. Their freedoms were taken away. Their economy was messed up. And their nation had fallen. But right in the middle of his lamenting, in chapter 3, verse 19, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 19. Remember my afflictions and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But I call this to mind. And therefore, I have hope. Jeremiah said, I remind myself of this. Of course, Jeremiah, the name means the Lord exalts. But the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Do you see it? Do you see that in the reality, in difficult times, but regardless of how bad it gets, the assurance is that Jehovah will lift us up if we allow him to. He will lift us up if we allow him to. Now go back to the book of Jeremiah chapter 8. Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 18. This was Jeremiah. He grieves for the people. My joy is gone. Grief is upon me. My heart is sick within me. Behold the cry of the daughter of my people from the length and the breadth of the land. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their carved images and with their foreign idols? The harvest is past. The summer's ended and we are not saved. For the wound of the daughter of my people is my heart wounded. I mourn and dismay has taken hold of me. Ask the question, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there not some salve to put on? Is there no physician there? Why then has the health of the daughter of my people not been restored? And the next verse, the next chapter, Oh, that my head were waters and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night. For the slain daughter of my people. And I know somebody said, Pastor, this is not really encouraging message to enter into a new year. After we've had a bad year, a brand new year, how can this be encouraging? Just as it was in Jeremiah's day, it all depends with what you do with it. I said, it all depends on what you do with it. 
Because later in chapter 9, God gives a great challenge. That was good for Jeremiah. It was good for Israel. And I believe it's good for Oxford Assembly. I believe it's good for the United States of America. That regardless of who's in power, regardless of what the economy is doing, regardless of what's going on all around us, whether COVID 2021 comes or whatever, that Jehovah will still lift us up. Well, we ask that question. And somebody said, well, Pastor, what can we do? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Because the bulk of the people in Jeremiah's day didn't ask it. They ignored what he was saying, Brother Brown. A lot of people ignoring what the Bible says today. They say it's not relevant for today. Well, maybe not, but I can see almost a parallel here that's undeniable. See, the bulk of the people in Jeremiah's day didn't accept it. They did not ask. And they were captured. They were defeated. Lost their city. Lost their freedoms. Lost so much. But listen to what he said in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love justice and righteousness in the earth for these things I de delight declares the Lord there's absolutely nothing wrong with being wise God encourages that there's nothing wrong with being strong or mighty but how many know there are enemies that are stronger and mightier than you are there's nothing wrong with being rich. But riches have their limits. But knowing God is the essence. Knowing God. I told my wife earlier in the week, I said, you know, if you wake up Sunday morning, I'm still in bed, wake me up and remind me that it's Sunday. Let any of your schedules get mixed up this week, which day is which. I'm sure there's some people didn't make it this morning because they forgot it was Sunday. Well, I guess good Lord was looking out at me because I woke up at 3 o'clock this morning instead of 4. But I, I checked my emails, and I was blessed to read one of my devotions. I get some devotions every day. I don't always read them, but this morning I read this one. And this was the prayer in this morning's devotion. Please use your word and your Holy Spirit to guide my heart, my mind, and my spirit today. There's power 
in the name of Jesus. And I know you use your word and your spirit to speak to me. Please guide me today and in the days ahead, allowing me to understand where you're leading me. I want to know you more deeply and to grow in my knowledge and faith in you. Let me read that line again. I want to know you more deeply and to grow in my knowledge and faith in you. See, that was a message that Jeremiah was telling the people. To not depend upon their own strength, not depend upon their government, not to depend upon the fact that they were in Israel, but to put their faith and their trust in God. And how can you put your faith and trust in something you don't know? He said, I want you to know. That was such a confirmation to me this morning as I read it. See, Paul was probably the most educated of all the early church leaders. In the worldly sense, he had the wisdom. He had the education. He had all those things. But notice what he wrote to the church at Philippi, Philippians chapter 3. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. King James Version uses the word dung. Count them as dung in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having the righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. This wisest man said, I want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. His prayer for the church at Ephesus and his prayer for uh, you and I today is in uh, Ephesians chapter one, verse 15. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks to you for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might. See, it's not how strong we are, it's how strong he is. That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of whom who fills us all, that I may know him. He wrote to the church at Rome in verse 11, chapter eight. If the spirit 
of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit that dwells in you. Some of the last words that Jesus Christ spoke to his disciples are recorded in chapter 17 of John. Actually, it was a prayer. His prayer, shortly before going to his trial, he says this, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, even though the world does not know you, these Jesus words, although the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So what is God saying to us today? I believe he's saying the same thing to us as he spoke to Jeremiah. Regardless of how good or how difficult 2022 turns out to be, God's word is still true. We can't ignore those things around us. But we can focus on the one who is Lord of those things. And remember that knowing him is the key. And that Jehovah will lift us up. Well, how do you know him? How do you get to know him better? How many of you just got a lot of people that are just casual acquaintances? Don't you have a lot of people that you, you, you may not even know, you might know them. You might be like me. I know your face. But the casual acquaintances, some of them are a little bit closer. But how do we get to know them? That's the way we get to know God. Spending time with them. Listening to them. Not just listening to us. That's how we get to know him. But to know him and the power of his resurrection. And as Jeremiah said, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this that he understands and he knows me. And the greater and the more we know God, the bigger he gets. How many knows that? The more we know him, the bigger he gets. And the bigger he gets, our faith gets bigger. And the more we walk in faith, the more miracles we're gonna see. As more long when we walk in faith and walk in his knowledge, we can walk in his spirit, we're gonna not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. A promise to God. God will arise. Jehovah will lift you up. Well, pastor, what's it going to be like next year? I don't have a clue. And I'm glad I don't know. 
Some people say, oh, I, I read my horoscope every morning. Man, if I knew what was happening every day, I'd stay in bed. Yeah. <laughs> huh? But how many knows we got life to live? Amen. We got a garden to plant. Amen. Said, break up the fallow ground. He said, we got work to do. Let's not get caught up in all the turmoil, all the confusion. Because I don't guarantee you, the Satan will keep the confusion there. And if he can't, he'll let one of the news networks do it for you. <laughs> he'll stir it up. But to know him. To know him and the power of his resurrection. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your word. And I realized today that there was a lot of harsh teachings. But God, there's so many people that have neglected you. They've done exactly the way the nation of Israel did. They became faithless. They became treacherous, ignoring God. And even though, Father, you, you sent word to them and said, you need to turn around. You need to go a different direction. You need to put your trust in me. They did not listen. And so, Father, the results of our generation will revolve around whether we listen or ignore. Or if we yield or rebel. But God, help us. God, I want you to help me to know you better than I ever, ever have. That 2022 would be a year that I would know you better. Be a year that Oxford Assembly would know you better. Because when we know you better, the greater things you're going to do. Because our faith is not in our riches, not in our strength, not in our wisdom, but it's in you. Father, have your way right now. We give you praise, give you honor, and give you glory. In Jesus' name, we're going to sing an old hymn of the church. And if you're here today and you've never yielded your heart to the Lord, you've never received him as your Lord and Savior, I can't think of a better time to do it than today. Or maybe you're, you're looking around and saying, but man, I need to know him better. God, help me to know you better. That'd be your prayer. But we need to know that God is faithful. If you need prayer today, feel free to make your way to the altar as we sing this old uh, hymn of the church. If you would stand with us, let's worship the Lord together. On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.